I think we've done it. Um, if the people of God come together and encourage each other from His Word, then um, that's it for today, I think. Um, so like Greg said, we're going we're gonna to keep doing that. Um, I, I'm excited about it. I think it'll be a, a, a cool thing to keep going with that. Um, but let's um, let's try to have it not be just in those in those five minutes. Let's um, let's have uh, the word ready for each other throughout the week. Um, I think it's I think it's all it's important to uh, for all of us to be engaged with the word. Uh, we we really can't be the church without all of us engaging in the word together. Um, it's not really. We're just not going to get very far if we have a few people engaged in the word. If um, if if everybody's sort of passive and there's one guy jumping around on the stage, um, we, we 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 can't be the church if that's if that's how we are. So um, that's that's what all this is about. Uh, the our one year Bible series is all of us engaging with the Bible. Um, when I was getting ready for this, I, I couldn't help but think back a few years. Um, I, I lived in Amsterdam for six years, and um, this building was was near where I lived. Uh, it's a there's a there's a canal there. There's a small street, and then kind of right in front of the photo is a as a busy street. There's trams, there's taxis, there's cars, and then there's this big sign on the side of the building that says, Lace the Bible, het book for u. Um, and I just lived a, a couple blocks down the street. I, uh, I was, I lived underneath where we met for church. And, um, and I was asked to speak about reading the Bible, stand in front of the church and, and talk about reading the Bible. And uh, this was really all I had to say. Um, I said, guys, there's there's this this sign down the street that says, Lays the Bible, het book for you. Um, that translates to read the Bible, the book for you. I, it was just so cool to me to have this this sign. I mean, this is like... This is like billboard size. This is in an area where there really aren't billboards. So this is like one of the... If you're looking for big signs, this is one of the big things you see. And um, I, I just thought it was so encouraging to have for somebody to be courageous enough to put this on the side of the building. And um, and it's really simple, and it just, it just says it all. Um, we... we we all need the Bible. We all we need we need to be engaged with it. With it, it's um, it was cool to have um, the intro to the series last week from Greg and and just a reminder of what is what is the Bible and what why do we have it? What can we do with it? Um, and so I'm I'm here talking about reading the Bible again a few years later, and and that's really all I have to say is read it. Um, I, I I don't have a sign in English that says that I I don't get out a whole lot, but I haven't seen a sign like that around here. Um, so if somebody knows of one, then maybe we could use that in the future. 
But this way you get to learn some Dutch, so that's pretty good. Um, so we're doing the one-year Bible. Um, the focus is the Bible in, in general, and we're specifically talking about the one-year Bible. Um, it's not magic, really, the one-year Bible. It's just that it takes the whole Bible and divides it up into little pieces. You get a daily serving of the Old Testament and the New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs. So if you stick with it the whole year, you'll get through the whole Bible. Uh, so it's it's pretty cool to, to get through the whole Bible in a year. Uh, Greg talked last week about um, some websites and stuff to get a hold of the, the readings and all. Uh, we also still have Bibles on the table uh, for, for hard copies of the NLT translation. And that's they've rearranged the Bible so you, you just have a few pages for your day and it has each of the four sections in there. Um, I've been doing it on an on a app on my phone. Um, you, if, if you don't, if you don't have it, you can you can search for the the U version Bible app. It's also, it's Bible.com. It's Life.Church. It's all kind of the same thing. Um, if you see that that cool icon, it's a pretty pretty specific icon. Then that's that's what I'm talking about. If you have that app, there's there's um, you can just search in the uh, the Bible reading plans for the one year Bible. Um, so I've been doing that. I, I was doing other stuff for reading, but I I switched to the to this plan, so I'm synchronized with the church, and um, it's pretty slick. Uh, you just it, it puts all the pieces right in front of you, uh, just ready ready to read, and um, you just keep trucking away day by day, and, and you and you get through the Bible in a year. Um, the only thing for me with the app is it it keeps reverting back to the NLT translation, and I'm, I've been trying to read the ESV. So if anybody knows how to fix that, maybe it's operator error, but uh, um, it, it's, uh, it's a nice app otherwise, though. Um, so, but we, we do for sure want to move beyond um, technology and just actually hitting the, the words on the paper. Um, this is this is more than reading. Uh, this is this is about daily bread. This is about um, engaging with the Bible on, on a level that gives us something to get through the day. Um, I know for me, if I if I am missing my time in the Word, I get I get anxious. I get I get confused. I get I uh, I can't prioritize. I have, I have all these things to do, and I don't know which one I should do. Um, so if I'm ever wandering around dazed and confused, then just say, Daryl, have you read your Bible? Because um, when I do, then it, it it straightens me out, and I can I can go I can proceed with my day, and I can be yeah. Um, so that's that's the that's the kind of thing we're talking about, and we we need to. Um, um, because we're not just reading, because we're we're looking for God to give us something to get us through the day, we need we need to approach it with um, with expectation. We need to we need to pray about it. We need to have faith that that God's going to give us something in His Word. And uh, that's kind of a cool thing about uh, the one year Bible is sometimes you might think, well, yeah, but there's like there's you know weird, boring stuff in the Old Testament. Um, but God can still give us stuff to get through the day in in those passages. Um, 
So, in in this week's readings, we did we had Exodus, uh, we had Matthew for the New Testament, and then of course Psalms and Proverbs. Um, so, my son has been reading Exodus as well. Um, to me, it's just, it's really exciting because he he's learning how to read, and his text to read is the Bible. It's a, a simplified Bible, but he's reading the Bible. He is he, that's his starting point to learn how to read. Um, I think we often forget that's that's why we learn how to read is to read the Bible. We we, we lose track of that. We we got get off reading other things, thinking we're we don't have time or whatever. Um, the Bible's not important, but it's the the thing we should be reading. So. I, I, it's just exciting for me to watch my kids learning how to read in the Bible. Um, so this is this is Zaid's summary. He has drawn um, the plague of the frogs uh, as as is clear in the picture, and um, got the frogs all over the people. And he, he came up with his summary of what, what he had read. He said, The ten plagues went over Egypt, and God's people left. So, I, he's, he's got it. He's, he, he read the Bible, and he's, he's understanding what it says. Um, so, I picked up um, uh, some patterns in my reading uh, through the through the uh, the plagues this week, um, for, for to me there's some cool things. There's there's lots going on with the plagues. Um, uh, I mean this is this is a major like historical event. This is this is God intervening in in a way that you know in in our in the natural world. Um, there's all all sorts of big stuff. Um, but I noticed these cool patterns uh, in the way that we we see what's going on with Pharaoh. We've got, um, you know, Moses and Aaron are sent to 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 Pharaoh to say, "Let let my people go." You know, the famous the famous uh, saying, um, "Pharaoh won't let them go." And so they then there, we have these series of plagues, these like major series serious events um, but I one of the things I draw out of this is that is these patterns in, in the way that we hear about Pharaoh's heart and to me it answers the question of of free will versus God's sovereignty sometimes people ask well um, if I have free will how, can, how is it that God is sovereign how, how can both of those be true at the same time um because it, it might seem like it would be one or the other, but it can't really be both. Um, so, if we look at these at these verses, I've got a series of them. We'll run through quick. Um, in in Exodus four, the plagues haven't started yet, but but God's telling uh, Moses what how it's going to be. Um, so, and the Lord said to Moses, "But I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will not let the people go." So in that in this one we have God hardening Pharaoh's heart. So that's to me an example of God being sovereign. 
then in Exodus 6, But the Lord said to Moses, With a strong hand, Pharaoh will send them out. And with a strong hand, he will drive them out of his land. That one's not uh, quite so strong, quite so clear. But it, uh, to me, it, there's as a, an implication that Pharaoh is making a decision on his own. Um, then when we get into the... Well, this is still before the plagues. This is where uh, Moses turns his staff into a serpent. Um, but I, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. God will harden Pharaoh's heart. And though I multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, Pharaoh will not listen to you. So there's God being sovereign and controlling Pharaoh, right? In Exodus 7, um, at this point we're having um, Pharaoh is reacting to some of the plagues. Um, and, well, sorry, this is reacting to the to the staff turning to a servant. So still Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not listen to them as the Lord had said. So we have um, this one, it doesn't really say. Pharaoh's heart is hard, but it doesn't say that Pharaoh hardened his heart, and it also doesn't say that God hardened it. It, it just is hard. So is that one or the other or both? I, I don't know. Um, now we get to the plagues. Uh, the first plague is turning water to blood. And then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. He refuses to let the people go. So um, this is God speaking. It doesn't say for sure, but it's, it's since it's God talking about Pharaoh and his and his heart being hardened, it, it's like it's like Pharaoh is doing it. Like God didn't. It's God. God's not really saying I hardened it. it seems more like Pharaoh is saying that he hardened his heart, um, and he refuses to let the people go. And then in Exodus 7.22, So Pharaoh's heart remained hardened, and he would not listen to them, as the Lord had said. So that one, to me, leans more to um, to Pharaoh making a, a, a choice, having exercising his free will. Um, in the second plague, uh, we, we see a pattern. Uh, sometimes Pharaoh gets uptight, and uh, he maybe starts to yield, but then when the when the each each plague is withdrawn, then Pharaoh kind of reverts to being hardened a lot of, in a lot of these plagues. So uh, that's what we see here. But when Pharaoh saw that there was a respite, he hardened his heart and would not listen to them, as the Lord had said. So this one, I think, is really significant because this, it's really clear. It's saying Pharaoh hardened his heart. Um, then in, when we have the third plague of the gnats, we have the Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he would not listen to them, as the Lord had said. So then it just was hardened. Again, we don't, we don't, it doesn't say if it was God or if it was Pharaoh choosing to harden it. It just was hard. Um, in the fourth plague of the flies, um, Pharaoh starts to yield. Um, seems like he's making a choice to to yield. Um, he says, "So for, I I will let you go to sacrifice." He changes his mind, but he's he's softening, and it seems like he's making a choice. Um, but then we have, but Pharaoh hardened his heart this time also, and he did not let the people go. So this one's really clear. Pharaoh hardened his heart, uh, not God. Then in the fifth plague, where the Egyptian livestock die, uh, but the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the people go. So we've had this one before. 
It's not really, it doesn't say God or Pharaoh, just Pharaoh's heart was hardened. The sixth plague of the boils, uh, we have the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh. So that one's we're clearly saying God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And in the seventh plague with the hail, we have, But when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunder had ceased, he sinned yet again and hardened his heart. So Pharaoh is hardening his heart here. In the eighth plague of the locusts, then the Lord said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart. So this one, God is hardening Pharaoh's heart. And the eighth plague with locusts, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the people of Israel go. So God is hardening Pharaoh's heart. Ninth plague of darkness, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let them go. So that one's again, God hardening Pharaoh's heart. And we get to the tenth plague. Um, Yet the Lord said to Moses, Yet one plague more, and he will let you go from here. So that one, he's God's saying what is going to happen, but it's kind of like uh, Pharaoh's going to be making his own choice there. And then Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the people of Israel go out of his land. So then we have God hardening Pharaoh. And... Um, in the, in the end, of course, Exodus 12, we have Pharaoh telling telling them they can go. It seems like he's making a choice, not uh, not entirely clear. Um, so we have all these plagues, and but we have these. It's almost um, almost kind of random and interchangeable whether. Um, God is hardening Pharaoh's heart, or Pharaoh is hardening his heart. And to me, this this addresses this question of free will versus God being sovereign. Um, they're both true. Uh, I think, uh, to me, it's like it's like it's on two levels. Um, on the on the lower level, we're these little people walking around the earth, and we're making choices. But at the same time, on this higher level, God is in charge. God's sovereign over everything. Nothing happens without um, his his permission, and and He knows what's going to happen, and He's He's in charge. So, I think they're both true. Uh, that's to me. That's how how that all fits together. And and uh, this is to me the one place in the Bible that addresses that. So that's a that's a cool thing for me from Exodus. Um, another another cool thing that's happening right in parallel. Uh, well, I don't know about cool. It's it's, it's sobering. Um, right right along these verses, um, we have some stuff about demonic power, um, which I just I just been thinking about. Um, you know, Greg talked a few weeks ago about the um, the state of the church, and a goal for the church is to grow in re- resisting the devil. And um, so I just been uh, chewing on that this week and and thinking about the plagues. Um, there's there's this idea um, that we see here. We, we don't just have the plagues where God demonstrates his power and, and God's people are brought out of Egypt and everything's great. If you look closely, to me there's this scary part where at times um, Pharaoh's magicians are able to reproduce parts parts of what... Um, Moses, what God is doing through Moses. Um, 
So before before the plagues start, Moses turns his staff to a serpent, and then um, then Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers, and they, the magicians of Egypt, also did the same by their secret arts. Wow, that's scary to me. Um, I think a lot of us can kind of engage with the idea that God is in charge and. And you know we're on we're on his team and we're that's the winning team and that's that's those are all good things but there are still other powers out there that are real. Um, there demonic powers are real. There are there are and these guys are are tapped into that. There there are demons out there who are who want to be worshipped as gods. That's where, that's where idols come from. That's, I mean, that makes me think of... My, my, my mom is um, involved with um, planting churches in Benin in West Africa. So there's... You, this sort of thing is... It's not just like in the past. This is still real for today. A lot of times in the U.S. we think we're so sophisticated and we've moved past these things, which... Uh, that's debatable, but but this is very real for a lot of people in, in other parts of the world. Um, so we just we need to be watching out for this sort of thing. Um, the cool part is that um, Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. So we still have this really clear example of how yeah, there's this demonic power going on. But God is still um, way, way greater than that. But it, the, it keeps going as you, as you watch the plagues. Um, when we do the blood to water, um, the magicians were able to reproduce that with their secret arts. And the magicians did the same as Moses with the frogs. So, boy, that's to me that's that's pretty heavy. That's pretty sobering. That that the magicians are keeping up with with Moses, at least in, on a couple of these. But when we when we get to gnats, then things change. The magicians tried by their secret arts to produce gnats, but they could not. And then the magician said to Pharaoh, "This is the finger of God." Wow, this 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 is pretty exciting to me. Um, God demonstrates his power. God demonstrates his superiority over these demonic powers. And the magicians recognize it. So that, that's, that's encouraging to me. Um, and now, now the story has kind of flipped. We've kind of peaked and we're, um, we're over, the, over the hump on the, on these, on the magicians. Uh, the fourth and fifth plagues, they don't mention the magicians. It's like they got defeated and they're just kind of out of the story. In the sixth plague with the boils, the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils, for the boils came upon the magicians and upon all the Egyptians. So the magicians are just afflicted, the same as everybody, and they they can't do anything against it. Um, the seventh, eighth, and ninth, and the tenth plague, there's there's no mention of the magicians. So they're just, they're, they're defeated. Um, and then um, <clears throat> once everybody gets out of, all, all the Israelites get out of Egypt, 
um, there's this song of Moses, which is, it's, it's like a psalm. It, it's, it's Moses praising God for what he's done. And he says, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? So Moses is just, he's written a song about it, about how God just showed himself superior, and not a little bit superior, but like vastly superior to, to these other forces that were at work. So um, that's another another thought I have from from the week. Um, just kind of seeing seeing patterns in 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 what I'm reading. I, I, all I did was read it. I didn't I didn't go studying. Um, but but those are the kind of things you you might have to read the Bible a couple times to pick up on those sort of things. Um, but they're in there and they're for, they're they're good for me. They're good they're good to keep me going. Um, another thing in Exodus 16 we have this thing about manna. So there's this 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 bread from heaven. There's this the dew comes down and it it turns into bread and it's. It's um, bread made with honey, so it sounds like some pretty good bread. Um, but it's it's kind of this crazy thing, and and then there's there's a special way to deal with it. God says five days a week you go out and you get your daily portion. On the sixth day you get two days because you're gonna need some for that day and you need some for the Sabbath. And um, it, some people do it the right way and some people don't. Um, and and for me, the thought when I, when I'm going through it this week is just that we need to follow God's way, and we'll be taken care of. And this is this is kind of strange. There's bread from the sky, and and I do one day a, a portion per day, and then I do two portions on the on the last day, and it, it might sound strange, but. God's in charge, and that's how He said to do it, and so that's how we should do it. And um, I just, I, I was just thinking about that with with things that are going on in our, in our world today. Um, there's a lot of things that God has given us really clear instructions about, and um, all of a sudden we think we're better than the Bible, we're better than God, and we're we're rewriting a lot of rules these days, and um, it's not going to work out well. And when we have a when we have clear instruction from God, we we just need to follow it, even if if our culture doesn't doesn't um, follow it, or if our culture says it's wrong. God says what's right, and that is what's right. Um, something for me I've been growing in is uh, is reading the Psalms. Uh, I've spent a lot of years reading Psalms and just not getting far. Um, Psalms generally are songs written by David, and and uh, David is is praising God for saving him from his enemies. He's um, acknowledging God for who He is, um, and it, it's it's usually in a song since they're written in Hebrew. It doesn't quite um, stay to music that well in English all the time, but a lot of our songs, a lot of our worship songs are are quoting psalms. Maybe they rearrange the words a little bit, but the ideas are from psalms, and sometimes they are just direct quotes. Um, uh, 
um, there's there's this this musical element to it because I think we we there's this there's these truths in there that we need to engage with. Um, not we're not just reading words on the page and mentally academically engaging, but we need to engage our hearts. We need to we need to um, we need to let it. Uh, we need to engage with that reality that that the Psalms are are telling us about. Um, so. So this is this is what I've been working on in Psalms. Is can I engage with the truth in the words on the page? Do I really believe them? Um, do I believe them in a way that that will carry me through the day? Um, can I say them and mean them? Can I engage my mind and heart with the reality of of what what's in the in the verses? And and can I pray them? You know, sometimes that's kind of just what David's writing is is his prayer. Well, can I pray those and not just say words, but can I mean it? Can I can I engage my 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 heart and soul? Um, so I thought maybe we could um, just practice this a little bit this morning. I've got um, a series of slides here with the Psalms and just some verses that. We're, we're good for me this week. And um, so I just thought we could all take a minute and and practice this. Um, now, I don't know if all these verses are going to resonate with you the way they did with me. So we've got several options. Hopefully some of them will work. Um, but let's just, um, just try this for a few minutes. And um, let, just let it, let it be real for you. Here's just uh, what I'm, here's an idea of what I'm talking about. This is a, a a quick little one to start with. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. Well, those are good words and those are true. But can I can I let those be true? Can I can I recognize that the earth is the Lord's and everything in the earth? And everybody who dwells on the earth, they, they are all gods. Um, can I really engage with, with that idea? Um, so we're going to um, just play a little music and uh, I'll work through the slides here. Hope that was a good exercise for you guys. Um, probably a lot of you are just really good at that. It's no big deal. You can do it again today and... Uh, like like you do on a lot of other days, but for some of you, like me, that can be hard. Um, but it's it's been really good for me lately, um, and that's that's kind of uh, my week in the one year Bible. Um, so that's all. That's what I have to leave you with. Is uh, lace the Bible, a book for you. Read the Bible, the book for you. Um, there's uh, some rumors about some football on TV today. Uh, to me, the larger event is another episode of Mercy Street, but uh, whatever uh, whatever you may be watching or doing, um, see if you can get some of some of the word in uh, maybe yourself and God or or if you're at the game or whatever, um, just uh, sharing it with each other. And uh, 
next week we'll have another another installment of the one year bible thanks guys